Hello fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 1420 The Watch Clicking Podcast with your hosts Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I, I'm good. I didn't get the microphone. I don't know what you're doing over face. there. I'm just chilling, man. Just, just getting comfy. I'm just chilling. Uh, no, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Uh, I oh, actually hold on. I'm not. I'm not quite. You're not quite ready. I'm not quite the ooh new pineapple? flavor. That yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I'm doing all right. The it's the the leap it leap year leap left year Lep, leap day is tomorrow or today. To, yeah, for for all of you listening, it is it's a occur, it's occurring. You're and, leaping. And so as uh, tradition demands, I am not working on leap day because it's an extra day. And when you get extra, extra time, you should do something good with it. And so I'll, be on, the, philosophy. I'll be on the mountain in a matter of hours. I will be heading to the lift in, a, in approximately 12 hours from right now. Uh, from the car, hopefully, or maybe still putting on my skis and my accoutrement. Your cozies. My cozies. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's right. For, we're going to, you know, a little sausage making here. We're going to have to figure out recording for the week of the 14th because I'll be, I'll be gone that week. Mm. So we'll have to blast one in the weekend. Yeah, we will. Uh, if in fact, if you are listening to this from the state of Utah, I will be in Salt Lake on Monday the eleventh. I'll go from the airport relatively uh, early to Alta, where I will be for the better part of three full days. Yeah, Everett likes free beer, and I like free beer. Bring a beer, and I'll have a beer with you. Bring two. <laughs> bring two. Or bring your credit card. I think there's a bar. Good stuff. Yeah. How are you, Andrew? I am good. I had a really weird day. I uh, I was in back-to-back meetings all day, so I didn't get to do my job at all mm. today, which was really annoying. Mm. I mean, do you do anything important? <clears throat> no. Okay. No, nothing of consequence, but like... It was brutal to just sit in one meeting after the next all day. Very few of them even applied to me. One of them the whole time, I was like, why am I even here? Like, why did you invite me to this? What What do you need from me? Nothing. Nothing. They needed nothing from me. No, I was asking. I was pretending to be oh. you. Yeah. I didn't get it. So it was just a weird day where, like, it was kind of nice to just fuck off work. Yeah. And still be working. Yeah, that is nice. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a little weird day. That's okay. Tomorrow will be better, probably. <laughs> it won't be worse, so hard, we know that. Hard to say. Yeah. <coughs> um, okay. Well, that's that is what it is. Yeah. I think we should talk about watches because well, we have a list. We have a list. A robust list. We didn't have a ton of overlap today. Mm-mm. I was actually really surprised. I left some things off of my list expecting you to send them to me. And then you didn't, which was surprising. But we still came up with a 
Did you put them back on your list? Nope. Because oh. we have too much to talk about. They wouldn't. They wouldn't make it. We had one overlapping watch that I absolutely knew would be overlapping. I, I think it's more than one. Uh, no. Yeah, just one. No. Nope. Two. We got two overlapping watches. Well, Andrew, I'm going to start. Hey, I, go ahead. Light the, it up. Two, two of yours are the same. Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start. Actually, that's not where I'm going to start. I'm going to start somewhere else. I am going to start with a company that I am almost entirely certain we've never talked about on the show. Louis Erard is a Swiss company. They make watches. They make relatively high-end watches with a focus on sort of that affordable horology. Um, they also make fun watches. This watch, I'm not going to call this watch fun, quote-unquote fun, although certainly it's fun. Um, and it's part of their existing line. So the uh, Excellence Petite Seconde Guilloche, two new models. So uh, uh, Louis Erard has unveiled two new bicolor versions of its entry-level Excellence Petite Seconde. This is like a uh, sporty dress watch mm -hmm. uh, that comes in at a sort of like accessible price. That's kind of why I wanted to talk about this. So this is one of those companies that makes watches that are often four, five, ten thousand or more. Um, this is a watch that comes in at a, a not, a not shocking, but also not cheap 2,300 francs, which is something like 2,600 us dollars. And for mm -hmm. that, what you get is a beautiful sort of haute horology guilloche dialed watch from a company with with real bona fides. I think the thing that fascinates me about this watch is this is one of those brands that you can tell is just oozing with style and sort of that old world Swiss luxury that is remarkably affordable. If you're a person who is dipping their toes into that, you know, you've got your Monta, you've got your Formex, you've, you know, maybe got a, a, a used Omega and you're like, you know what? I kind of want to get something a little bit more uh, with a little bit more like drip of that drip. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think this is a really fascinating watch. So we'll talk a little bit about the watch. There are, there are two of them. Uh, as stated, they're both uh, they're both automatic Salida SW two six one caliber watches. I don't know a ton about that watch, but it's obviously Salida two hundred, which kind of the going that that's the the movement in that price range. Well, I think the two hundred is a well, and again, I don't know what the two sixty one is, and and I did not. I was going to look it up, and I didn't, and so maybe there's something different there and, and this is a signed rotor i mean it's a beautiful looking if not somewhat utilitarian movement uh but the magic here is all in the front of the watch you've got this just crazy sort of like 
sector guilloche with three different textures and a small second subdial. Uh, crazy markings. These, I think they're calling them like evergreen or fir tree uh, hands. Uh, this watch just looks drippy. That's yeah. to, to use your phrase. Um, and I saw this thing and I thought, you know what? This is a watch that if I had like the right combination of coffee and vegetables in any given day, I might be sitting on the couch and go, oh, I'm, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy that. So retail price on this USD 2600 I imagine these are used for under the $2,000 mark. Um, and the colorways are fantastic. There's like a gray and anthracite and then this really like rich because it's guilloche, right? So you get these like, like moire starburst. And these things are fucking rad. They are. And, and I, I haven't said a word because something is bothering me. I can't find a profile, like a true profile view of it. Ooh, there we go. Finally, these lugs are terrific. You can see if on the underside photos, you can see there's a step. Yeah, like hooks lug. down, like and, a like a bathtub claw. Yeah, and I was looking to see what that would look like in profile, and it's even better than I expected it would be. These are fun, and it's it's interesting. This is the most tame watch uh, in their catalog. Yeah, yeah, they do some wild shit. They do like these squiggly second hands on some of their yeah, watches. So, some real goofy shit. And this is this is a really refined. This kind of reminds me of like a like a real upgraded cocktail time, right? Still sporty, but it's got that that little something extra to. to push it towards the dress watch category. These are dope and crazy affordable for what you're getting out of this. Um, <clears throat> 2,600 bucks. This is, I mean, you're not going to do a lot better. Yeah, that that's, that's right. And this feels to me like, I know that this is more expensive than a club campus, but you know, it sort of falls in that nomos, in that nomos tangente world, right? Uh, where you're getting something from a really cool company. You're not getting in-house like you are with nomos. And that's, you know, that's one of the big appeals, but it's, it feels to me like it's in that world of this like small boutique, semi-affordable Swiss horology, uh, 39 millimeters on the blue dial 42 on the black anthracite, which is maybe a little bit big, but, that's kind of a thing. The Swiss do still do these mm -hmm. like oversized dress watches. And these are pretty sporty for dress watches. Um, there were a couple of other, um, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about them, but there were a couple other interesting, really small brand releases, like 300 uh, piece runs, all kind of in this zone over the last couple of weeks at like <laughs> two to $5,000 zone that were interesting. None, none, as interesting as this, I think, but yeah. And, and look, you come for the, come for the 
small boutique Swiss brand, uh, or maybe Louis Arard is not that small. I think they've got to be pretty small. Uh, and stay for that guilloche dial. You've got like a <clears throat> basket guilloche on the raised sector portion, and then I don't know what you call that swirly. Dude, this thing's fucking right. I think the technical term is the swirlies. The swirlies. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. A lot of texture on that. That's cool. <clears throat> what do you got? Ooh, first up for me, a fun anniversary release. The Casio Tron TRN 50 limited edition. You swooped. This is... You swooped. No, I sent this to you. I know. I sent it to you. I sent it to you first. Uh, this is everything I want in a anniversary re-release watch. It is every single bit of this Casio 80s era. And then they put all of the cool modern shit in it. Hashtag 70s, not 80s. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, you yeah, 50 years, jeez Louise. Keep going. Uh. <laughs> so we have this this 50-year anniversary and it is dope. They held that style and design. They incorporated Bluetooth, they incorporated all of the cool modern stuff without compromising anything. This is this is cool. I might get one of these. 500 bucks, eh, probably 550 bucks. Um, 39.1 millimeter case, 42 lug to lug, 12.3 thick, only 50 meters of water resistance, which is, you know, whatever. World time. This, this is so cool. 4,000 piece limited edition, so I don't think it's going to be that hard to get your, your mitts on one of these. Yeah, no, I think these are, I think you can get these. Um, the the Watchnista article that I'm looking at has has photos of the original and the new one, and it's remarkably similar. I understand the dimensions are the same. Um, this was so. This is a remake of the Cassiotron QW02, which I understand not only holds the the title of the world's first digital watch with an automatic calendar. Mm, mm-hmm. But also this was Casio's first wristwatch ever. So if you, you've seen pictures of this, if you're listening to the show, you've seen pictures of this. Um, and, and yeah, so it's now solar it's automatic calendar, but it also syncs to the time on your phone. It's got like multiple it, radio. It's got like multiple time setting functions. And won't need to be reset until 2100, I guess, which is 76 years from now. You won't have to worry about it. Yeah. I mean, I'll be dead. Very dead. <clears throat> and the, I mean, everything is is true to form. The case back is a, is a remake. There's some additions, right? They added the technology and stuff, but they still have that. Um, what do we call, we call that a triangle shape? What, what are you talking on about? On the case back. Oh, yeah. The logo on the case yeah, yeah. back. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You got more pushers. Because um, you got all the technology. It's like a it. truncated triangle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So actually a hexagon, but a truncated triangle is what I'd call it. I accept. 
In the middle, there's a real triangle, though. <laughs> These things are pretty rad. I, you know, when I saw this and I saw the price, I was like, the fuck are we talking about? But I think that they do a lot. I do I do wish, and you, you mentioned it already, I do wish that they had injected a little bit of G-Shock into this. Because, you know, they they, ins- they included the Tough Solar, the Multiband 6, uh, this Bluetooth connectivity or this phone connectivity. Um, like, they have enough size on this thing at oh, damn near 13. I think they could have injected a little bit more water resistance into it. Probably, yeah. And so I'm surprised, <laughs> maybe a little bit surprised that they didn't do that. It, perhaps that's a deal with the pushers. I'm, I'm not sure. Um <clears throat> Yeah, 50 meters water resistance, full auto super illuminator LED backlight, five daily alarms, world time. That's cool. So this is the Casio Casio Tron TRN 50-2A, 4,000 pieces starting today, starting on the 29th of February on Leap Day. Today for you, tomorrow for us. This is good. 500 bucks. I like it. That's a good release. Link in the show notes. What you got? Dame Dollar. Oh, swooper. It is. Listen, it is. It's Dame time. Yeah. Because it's a a watch. Oh, oh, I didn't get it. It's. (laughs) (laughs) So. Powermatic, or excuse me, the PRX, the first ever PRX collab done with none other than Dame Lillard, who, although he's an, although Dame is not, no longer my guy, he's still a dude. He's a bro. Dame Lillard famously, famously played the bulk of his career, 11 years in Portland before going to the Milwaukee Bucks last year, sadly demanding a trade. In fact, getting traded, leaving Portland as probably the worst, maybe the second worst team in the NBA. Thanks, Dame. Uh, You know, I wish him the best. Dude wants a ring. But I'm going to say something about this watch. So this is a gold PRX, collaboration with Dame Lillard. It is not a green dial. And it is also not a red dial. It's a black dial. Black is a color that could do many things. You can do many things with black including coordinate with a red, gray, and black blazer motif. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just a PRX. It's a Powermatic PRX, right? No. No. I, okay. I mean, it is, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> with a D for the secondhand balance. Yeah, it is, so there's some stuff going on here, right? D for the second hand balance. You've got this really cool dial texture. Um, you've you've got some good stuff here, and it's an affordable watch, and it's Damian Lillard. Uh, <clears throat> it's all pretty subtle collaboration. Uh, insertions. So the the balance on the second hand is a cursive D. And 
that's the only thing that stands out here as definitely different. Well, you've got the zeros on the dial. <laughs> Those are really subtle, though. Super subtle. Without yeah. knowing what you're looking at, you're not going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some engravings, like the Rehout has engravings for uh, his kids. Um, yeah, this is Dame Time. This this is this is fun. This is fun. It's a it's a good it's a good collaboration because it's not over the top. I, I'm going to be honest. The balance I could maybe do without. I think the balance is a little bit much, but it sort of fits his aesthetic and style. Yeah. I think it's, it's cool. It's, and it's, I mean, it's their first collaboration with Dane. How cool is that? And gold with a black dial is fucking rad. Yeah. Black dial gold watch. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's a good one. But it is still just a PRX. Well, since we're on the subject of things that are maybe a little overdone, I talk about our brand, Hamilton. And one of what I think is the most interesting watches, the Ventura. Famously featured in Men in Black. And it's just a fun watch. And Elvis. Yeah. And now Dune. So, Hamilton, uh, I think without being able to do anything to substantiate this opinion, Hamilton is one of the more featured watches in film, at least prominently featured. Certainly. And Hamilton works really closely with Hollywood to get. Yeah, for sure. You see Hamilton everywhere. Space movies in particular. Space movies, war movies, uh, science fiction movies. You know, we're talking about Men in Black, and we're talking about Dune. So Hamilton designed to and and the the Matthew Damon Martian movie and uh, and uh, the the uh, movie Interstellar. Interstellar, yeah. What's the name of the Matt? Is it called The Martian? It is called The Martian. Yeah. Many features in For All Mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Speedmasters in For All Mankind too, as to be expected talking about astronauts here. Um, They designed some watches for Dune costuming and have now released some versions to the public. And they are going to be limited, not super limited. I don't remember how many. Let me look. Um, It doesn't matter. Not super limited, not impossible to get your hands on. They are... Super sci-fi looking black and blue Venturas with one with a digital display, the other with a Anadigi look, but it is not Anadigi. It's just an analog watch. With, it, it's an analog digital, right? Yeah. Yeah. A uh, little expensive, kind of to be expected, and they're big. So 52 millimeters across for triangular watch uh the analog is super cool it's like very star trek control panel-y lighting on it uh 1750 bucks for that 
and the pure digital 2500 bucks yeah. yeah but these are cool if you're if you're a dune guy or or gal you're you're a dune fan what a cool opportunity to own a piece of the piece of the story yeah you know i i feel like this is a missed opportunity by hamilton um, I, I think they could have done some cool mechanical movement work here. Yeah. It might have made this watch inaccessible in a way that they didn't want. But, you know, you look at companies like Autovac or whatever. These are, you know, Chinese companies that are making these really accessible, these really accessible, like, cool movement functionality watches and i feel like i feel like there's an opportunity here for hamilton to have done something really neat and interesting and instead they're they focused on design and i think this is a this is probably a tricky watch to do cool movements with because of the case shape yeah but uh, but i mean look at the autovac or or look at uh you, you know any of these barrel hand i guess is one that i think of but mbnh right mm. all those watches are weird shapes that have these i feel like this is just doodads i'm cool with the doodads though this is fun and i i love seeing more venturas in film because what a weird watch to to be highlighting (laughs) yeah every time i see it i'm like i I think i want one of those i still don't know that i'd ever wear it i just want it like I, i just i want to have it i want to know it's close by and that's that's about the extent of my my love for it. Uh, seconde, seconde. Mm-hmm. We've talked about these guys before. Uh, the 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 sort of remark Andre company former, I, I believe he was like a tax auditor turned designer, n- known for his sort of playful, quippy cartoon meme life collaborations with Timex amongst others uh, has teamed up with Freddie with Frederick Constant on a slim line, which is not perhaps the most obvious uh, collaboration opportunity for Seconde Seconde. But with that said, I think they, I think they've done well. So what, what this is, is a Frederick Constant, slimline moon phase date which is a beautiful watch a really really elegant watch and from about 18 inches away perhaps even 24 inches this looks every bit a frederick constant slimline moon phase gorgeous finishing beautiful crown um moon phase terrific but as you get closer you don't even have to get all that close you realize there's some things amiss so the first thing you'll notice is that the hands the hour markers baton markers or battens is love people love it so much when i say um these baton markers are askew and not just askew, but actually it just looks like someone picked the watch up and shook it. It spilled. <laughs> so they're all kind of in the right place, but but not at all. Certainly not lined up. And then and then as you get even a little bit closer, 
you notice that all the pad printing appears to be handwritten. Uh, and furthermore, that the moon phase, the, the details within the moon phase, also hand-drawn. So then the markers are a little funny shaped. They're in the wrong places. Everything's handwritten. The, the marketing materials, uh, Frederick Constantis said, we gave artist Seconde Seconde a brief. Tell the world how handwork is the soul of our products. He went too far. Uh, clearly uh, giving a little bit of uh, goof off, which is fun for a company like Frederick Constant that I think is yeah pretty stodgy. Um, I mean, they're stodgy even in their funnest watch, which is a collaboration with somebody. <laughs> You know, the one thing I haven't been able to tell is when these are available. Um, they are both thirty-two ninety-five, which is a bit, but there are only there, there's two models. There's a steel with silver markers that they've made a hundred of, and then a steel with rose gold markers and a rose gold crown. I believe that's all plated for the price here. Um, and, and there's only ten of those. Uh, and so I know I have, have, I'm having a hard time figuring out how you get them. Are they already sold out? I, I don't know. Um, I think this is pretty fun. This is actually maybe my favorite Seconde Seconde collaboration at this point. Hmm. I think to the extent that you're willing to drop 3,300 on a novelty joke watch, um, I think this is so much more than that. It still fits all of the FC things. It still has all the look, all the refinement, that beautiful case, even the the like hand script kind of sloppy font isn't sloppy. It's really well done. It, this is this is the equivalent of wearing like ridiculous socks under a tux yeah maybe so yeah i mean i'm good with it right i'm i'm totally down with it so we've got an fc 705 movement power reserve 28 eight, it's four hertz movement um 42 millimeters the big moon phase watch 47 and a half millimeter lug to lug which is nice i've actually had one of these on and it, it wears pretty nice for being such a big watch 11 three thick so it's you know despite the name slimline it's it is not a ultra thin watch, but thin enough. Um, slim. <laughs> right. It's a transition period. Right. It's like when you see someone, you're like, oh, hey, man, you're looking slim. It's like, <laughs> thanks, I'm working on it. You know, yeah. it's slim yeah. like it like that. Like, like you weren't always. Yeah. But now you're getting there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Buying new belts and shit. <laughs> Yes, this is cool. These are neat. This is cool. I but I can't figure out how to buy one. So I, I'm sorry if you're if you're hearing this and you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. I don't know what to tell you. We're, we're gonna put a link in the show notes, but you can't buy it there. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. <clears throat> Just throw start throwing your money at people. You can find it. Ooh, I I have something. Uh, we have a new release from Unimatic. In the way of their Modelo Cinque U5, 
coming in now at 36 millimeters and and unimatic is a brand that i don't think we talk about very often we talk about it from time to time occasionally um because they just are they're making really utilitarian stuff generally squarely in the affordable range they're all attractive and that's kind of it they're not boring they're just they just are this one got me excited because this is a this is their design right this is the the u5 super simple kind of ghost markers we have a steel with black dial white markers a black with charcoal dial yeah it looks to me a little od but maybe it's charcoal maybe od somewhere in between like in that in that you know forest green toward charcoal color and i dig it they are everything you'd expect right i don't know whole much more to say than this is a unimatic now in a 36 millimeter case um the dlc black these are coming in at 840 bucks for the stainless 960 for the dlc here's the problem 22 millimeter lugs and and appearance wise i think that the dimensions are great I don't, I don't want 22 millimeter lugs on this. Not on a 36 millimeter case. Big old crown. This is great. So regarding the lugs, um, because I, I think that was the very first thing I saw about this watch. This has the look of that watch, you, you know, sort of like a 34 millimeter, um, Air King, perhaps, mm -hmm. with with the twenty millimeter lugs, although more pronounced. That that look where really the strap sort of runs completely across the dial as it goes across. <clears throat> There's a proportion there that has relevance in watchmaking. I it it's not for me. I will say I will say that confidently. The proportion here is not for me. Uh, 36 and 22, I think it's too extreme. Um, but there's, there's an aesthetic there. I'm, I'm totally good with it. There's an aesthetic there. I also think the crown on this is oversized, but that's unimatic, right? Yeah. That's their, that's their jam. It, it's, using a, it's using a Salita 200. I'm like, this is great. It, it's a watch that feels to me like it should be more, slightly more elegant than it is but really that's unfair to unimatic they're they're, it, they're not doing elegant no and not even trying to be i like it they're cool and 36 millimeters i think they're going to be super like easy to wear they do look thick though well i i don't think unimatics are ever thin no and i don't have a dimension i don't have a thickness dimension either so they That's look gonna to be, be about 13. Yeah, maybe even slightly more than that. Yeah. yeah. A little beefy with a, a really low lug on them. So they, they are more pronounced, I think, than even their, their girth. 
But I, I dig this. Say what you will. Say what you will. Uh, obviously not a dive bezel on this. It's just a, a pretty thin sterile bezel. Yeah. Cool watch. What else you got? Meister Singer. Mm. Uh, You're in a small seconds mood today, huh? Uh, well, Meister Singer is not a small seconds. Meister oh, Singer yeah. is a no seconds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, or for that matter, minutes. So Meister Singer has its number three single hand automatic watch, uh, and they've also got the number one, which is a hand wind version. Um, they've just added a thirty eight millimeter of thirty eight millimeter version of the number three. Uh, which I think, so I've never tried on one of these, but in 43, uh, these are pretty big stinking watches. It sort of feels like a, it sort of feels like a old school stopwatch, especially at the size 43 and it's all dial. And it's a watch that I just, I was like, you know, nah. uh, but now with 38, with 38 millimeters, uh, at only 10 and a half thick on this for an automatic, I'm like, maybe I ought to try this. We've got a Salita SW300, which is a very, very thin version of the SW200. Um, we've got a tan dial, a beautiful blue dial, a white dial, water resistance to... 50 meters so you know you don't have to worry about splashing it um yeah 18 millimeter lugs which is kind of it's on the thinner side for this watch, especially for the larger platform it makes the dimensions look kind of funny it, it, it really like it it makes it look like a, a pocket watch converted you get some great sort of finishing in the see-through case back um I don't know, man. This is interesting. I don't think we've ever talked about Meister Singer. I don't think so either. So I these, can get down with a single hand watch. These are about two thousand bucks. Um. Yeah, thirty eight and eighteen, I can get with. So uh, the way the way this works, obviously, it's just an hour hand. Everybody kind of knows how the hour hand tells time it, it is, it breaks each hour into five minute increments, five minutes. Yeah. yeah. So 12 sections each equaling a five minute increment. Uh, so in that, and that hour hand goes all the way to the outside and it's, it's needle thin. It's like a second hand. So really, as long as your watch was set fairly accurately, you're going to have a, pretty accurate within five minutes probably within a minute or two which is good enough for me every day there's no day in which a minute or two isn't close enough you go whole days with an unwound speedy on your wrist correct correct <laughs> so you know it's interesting it's a different it would be a different way to wear a watch and i think that interests me and also it's something to talk about. Some, you know, someone's going to be like, "What? Explain." Where, where, where are the parts of your watch? <laughs> <laughs> your watch is missing things. Um, 
This is. I Let think me it, tell you something. At thirty-eight millimeters, this is a pretty interesting watch. Yeah, I do think thirty-eight versus forty-three. You're going to give up something in legibility. You know, part of the reason that this works is because that dial is so big and you've got so much room to see what's happening with that hour hand. I think the smaller dial will constrict your ability to see it. If you're like in your, at that point of your life where your mm. up close vision is going to poop, this might not be the watch for you. Maybe it's, it's also not going to be the, the type of watch for somebody who's looking for precision time reading. Sure. And this maybe is, this is like generally the time of day. And, and maybe don't use this for like 200 meter repeats at the track. Yeah. Or do just see how it goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is cool. This is fun. I, I have long said that I would be totally down with a single hand watch. You have said that before. Yeah. Now is the time. Might be. Y you don't think so. I like that blue. I like the, I, like, I think I like the white tile the best. 2000 bucks, nine, 1,990 euros. So 2000 bucks. So this is not, uh, you know, again, it's a lot of money for a novelty. Yeah. Unless it's not a novelty. I don't know. I'm, I, I say that it sounds like derisive when I say that. I don't, I don't know how it's not way. a novelty. It's, it's breaking the mold. Are you on a watches? What do you got next? Ooh, what do I got next? Um, oh no, I see one. Ooh, I just I I want to talk briefly about the Bremont and Bamford Aurora Supermarine. Okay, well, you this, know, I guess it was time we had to do it. This is super fun. So this is a Supermarine, the new version of the S five zero two Supermarine Jet. Uh, all black case with neon radioactive green loom, a radioactive green south half of your bezel, California dial. This is fun. This is this is fun. I really like it. I don't typically get down with these ki kinds of colorways. I'd never buy this. I'd never wear it, but I really like looking at it. Yeah. I think I hate it. You would. I think I hate everything about it. What? Yeah. I know you're not a California dial guy. I don't mind California dial. I, I mean, honestly, do I don't hate it. It's for 4,500 bucks for a, 17 no, millimeter 5400 bucks that's what i meant for <clears throat> a 16 and a half millimeter thick giant what are we going to call this a dive gmt i don't know it's exactly don't, it's definitely a dive know. gmt i mean it's like it, oh. i think it's fun i like looking at it i would never buy one if somebody gave it to me i would wear it occasionally I don't I think really know a lot about Bamford. I know Bamford's kind of like a hot commodity in watch collab world. Um, so maybe there's something there. I don't hate the colors. The colors are interesting. So blacked out with that, what would you call it? Radioactive Radio green. Is that what they call it? That's what that? I call it. Yeah. Um, 
The bezel's interesting. You've got like, the, you know, like a sapphire bezel. Is it sapphire? Looks that way. Um, I hate the fonts. Like actually every single one <clears throat> of the fonts I hate. Uh, I don't hate the font on the Rehot, the London font, but the rest of them I hate. Looking for that. It's it's like at six o'clock on the Rehot. <laughs> I, I I like that font. Uh, I think it's fun. And like the case back just looks like a fucking two thousand eight. Maybe that's why I like it. It's because it's just it's two thousand eighteen micro brand case back. Yeah. It. I don't know. No, I'm 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 here for for this kind of thing being released as a. I mean, there's only 500 being made. I don't really get a Bremont, frankly, and and maybe that's part of what's going on. I see Bremont, and I'm like, I don't get you, Bremont. Maybe I, I don't have a good answer for you on that one. Maybe we should get. Uh, maybe we should get. Uh, uh, what's his face, Mike from Christopher Ward, on the show to talk about Bremont. Um, <laughs> tell us all about why they're not fucking stupid. Uh, can we be done with that one? Yeah, I just oh. wanted to. That's why I said briefly mention it. This I think is a fun release. Oh, a watch that's not stupid is a Tiso PR five sixteen mechanical chronograph with a evolution on a Valju seventy seven fifty. With a big old box-shaped sapphire crystal, uh, and you know a, a three six nine seventy seven fifty layout in a a really neat, a really neat case. Mm -hmm. uh, it's this is like a sports chronograph, and shit, I'm here for it. That's gonna be a super comfortable watch. Forty one millimeters only. 13.7 i say only 13.7 we're talking 77.50 that's right yeah. uh 100 with 100 meters of water resistance tachometer and pulsometer on the bezel sort of this bicolor bezel with a like a silver white portion at the 12 o'clock to three o'clock but the thing i like about this is they've done a really good job with judicious colors on the dial so you've got this section on you've got this one section on the three o'clock sub dial that has uh 10 minutes of blue on it or 10 seconds of blue and a and like a red and then a red marker down at the 15 seconds this is I just think it's attractive. I think that they've done a really good job with the layout on this thing. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. It's it's not a tiny watch. It's not a particularly complicated watch. It's a hand-wound 7750 um, with a, an extreme level of anti-magnetism, I guess, and a Nivacron balance ring. Eighteen hundred and fifty bucks, and that makes me want it, right? It's yeah. an under two thousand dollar rad, hundred meter, well made, thoughtful watch. Super attractive. I'm a little nervous about the bracelet. I think the bracelet looks like it could be okay, and it also looks like it could be just annoying and uncomfortable. But it's quick release. You've got this huge, huge um, 
see-through crystal on the back so you can see the entirety of that <coughs> Valju movement, which is a lovely movement. Mm-hmm. I'm interested <coughs> with the way they chose their end links. Y- yeah, there's like it's a, got a, an H case or like a, you know, that curved H case. Yeah, with like a, just a slight bevel up at the lugs and a weird kind of spacing on the on the end links against the top of the case well so they did uh, so one of the things i like about this end link i'm i am i'm a guy who hates an engraved faux link yeah right sex so much so that on my own watch i just made it flat right uh don't give me a fake link Tissot has done an actual sort of milled dimensional end link here that Mm -hmm. tracks. It it may be one piece of steel, but it's milled in such a way that it dimensionally tracks the links. I think that is a really, really beautiful touch in a watch at this this price range. I mean, we're under $2,000 here. Also, uh, you know, we haven't touched these. I haven't touched one, at least maybe Andrew has. Um, nope. The finishing on this thing looks looks phenomenal. Phenomenal. The ribbon chamfers are like beautifully thin and skinny and sharp. Uh, you get ribbon chamfers on the bracelet. Y- you know, I'm not a huge Tissot fan. I haven't ever been a huge Tissot fan, but I think this is like a really good watch. I don't really think people are talking about this, but. This may be the best sub $2,000 chronograph of the year. I think this bracelet's going to be dope. The bracelet is the thing, right? Yeah. Beautiful finishing on the on the movement that you can see the entirety of. I mean, I'm not really hearing people talk about this watch, and I think that's because Tissot's a poo-poo brand. Well, it's because everyone talks about the PRX, <coughs> and, and that's the end of the Tissot conversation. Right. It's like Tissot makes their nicest watch is a $900 watch. Um, and this is twice that. Uh, and I know that's not true. I'm saying that's somewhat sarcastically, but I, I think that this is a, a hard world for them to live in, but I can't think of another sub $2,000 chronograph that looks to me as like, it's as nice as this. Are you familiar with the, uh, citizen Nighthawk? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Okay. Yes, I am. I think this is probably better. Yeah, and, and you know, secondhand, these are probably going to be like thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred. You know, Andrew, it's not a bad, it's not a bad comparison. There's some some Nighthawk vibes here. It's it's a smaller watch. The bracelet is what, really, but the bracelet yeah. feels like a Nighthawk bracelet to me, at least in pictures. Yeah, and good colors. I mean, I think maybe the thing that I pick up with Tissot is just a level of generic. Right, this is not. Well, that's why the PRX did so well. It was it had this mass appeal because there was nothing. Everything about it was familiar, but nothing was exciting. Yeah. Nor was it boring. Exactly. And nothing's exciting on this watch either. It just looks like a really well done entry level mechanical chronograph. Yeah. With a design that's been used. With a with an overarching design that's been used on eight billion watches, nothing particularly special. I mean, well, the tachometer 
pulsation combo is, I, I know that they're not the only ones who are doing this, but they've done it in a way that is novel, I think. And, and I mean, they've done it in a way that's really attractive too. Yeah. I, I don't love the handset on this, the hour and minute hand at, at least. Uh, you've got like a big, there's got to be a name for these, but these big blocky rectangles syringes yeah you yeah um but i do like the rest of this i could do without the t on the the t so balance yeah, on the second hand balance but it's black so it's almost you know that's what they do they perceptible they do a t balance that, that that this is one of the best display backs i've seen too just because it's it goes all the way out to the edge and you get to see you see the entire 7753 I keep saying 7750. This is a hand wound. It's a 53, yeah. but all right. That's it. That's it. We've done it. Andrew, would you uh good sir? Do you have another thing? I, I have come prepared with another thing. And this isn't a new other thing, but it's new to me. It's something that has been another thing on here before. You've you've prepared this as another thing. And I I got a new phone recently, and as a result. I got a free three-month trial to Apple TV, which means that I have been taking full advantage of all of the Apple TV programming that was previously unavailable to me. It's not Apple TV Plus, which is kind of a bummer because there are some things that are not available to me still. However, I have now completed Ted Lasso two times. You've gone through it twice? Twice, yeah. Why twice? Because it's that good. It, I mean, admittedly, I, I can't disagree with you. It is phenomenal. This, so for those of you who were like me and were being cheap because you didn't want to get Apple TV, uh, Ted Lasso alone is worth a couple months of subscription. Never mind all the other great stuff that's available on <coughs> phone on the floor. Never mind all the other great stuff that's available. This show was so beautifully written. Uh, the reviews are, there's some poor reviews out there, but it's in the high 80s, low 90s, universally across all platforms. Every show, the, the writing in this show was phenomenal. The character arcs are beautiful. Every single line feels like a joke. And to be able to stitch together just a bunch of one-liners and carry on a story was really, really impressive. And it's the only show that has ever pranked me. Do tell. You get rickrolled. Actually rickrolled by the show. I, I was in tears laughing at how good that was. I, I think you you kind of said it right. If you for whatever reason been avoiding it, uh, you, you really ought to watch Ted Lasso. The the first season in particular uh, is just some of the best TV that's ever been made. I, I and I think the subsequent seasons are really good as well. There's <clears throat> you know the second season they get a little experimental and then you know but they really they bring it back and they put a, a, a really subtle but elegant bow on it at the end. Uh, so, well, so, some parts of the bow are, are not so subtle, but mm -hmm. you, you know, there's, there's several layers to that bow. Um, 
yeah, it, it's hard to overstate, I think, how, how good that show is and was. And It's not just a pure comedy either. It's like some heavy mm. storyline, like, shit. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the actors are really, really... The, the acting is... Some some of the the younger actors are can be a little stiff or a little funky at times. But I think that's intentional. I, you might be right. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with it. Yeah. Like it works. It works in context of what they're doing. Um, because because you, and you hit the nail on the head. The writing is so good that w- when they're presenting these like somewhat intentionally clunky characters, it it works given given the dialogue and given the context of the scene. Mm -hmm. I I think the only episode, and I didn't hate it, Andrew, but the only episode that I still think back and I'm like, I don't know if I liked that, but maybe I loved it was the beard, um, drug trip, psychedelic, uh, in season two where it's a beard focused episode and he's, Oh, he's like out wandering the world. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, that was an interesting episode. I, I couldn't stop laughing at the pants, though. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 Ter- terrific. And, and in, the, in light of what that character was going through, like, it, it was, it was the, uh, the weirdest episode for sure. But uh, within the context of the show, was it, it worked for me. Yeah. Well, and, and not, just, not just weird but really sort of like what what it was that part of the series like what happened here it, it was like uh you, you know when you watch one of these like anthology things and there's mm-hmm. like a an episode that sticks out like a sore thumb it felt like that but it's in the context of this serial yeah non-episodic <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, Andrew, I've, I'm, I'm going to switch gears. Okay. Do it. Uh, I'm not going to talk about, I'm going to, I'm not going to talk about, you don't have another thing to show. I'm going to talk about a $15 made in the USA piece of canvas and leather. Uh, yeah. Does that work for you? Yeah. So you got to send me a link. Oh, I can do that. So what this is, is a tool roll. I don't know if it's made by or for a company called Harry Epstein, which is a tool company. I I ought to know more about Harry Epstein. Different than Harry Weinstein, too, just to be super clear about that. And as far as I know, no relation to Jeffrey Epstein. Hopefully, but we've got some we've got some naming issues here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with that said, HarryEpstein.com. <laughs> Navigate at your at your discretion. Uh, this is a fifteen dollar tool roll that I bought on a whim because it was made in the USA and I was looking for a tool roll. Um, I've had this thing for about a year, and I just really, really, really enjoy this. So this is the most simple construction you can get. Uh, it's a piece of canvas that's got trim on the edges and it's finished with a top grain leather at the bottom to sort of support the things that you put inside of it. It is a single stitched, heavy duty stitched on the tool dividers. But I mean, really, it's just like you take a piece of canvas, you fold the bottom over itself, you sew some lines in it to create little pockets. It's an uh, unpadded watch roll. It is an unpadded watch roll. <clears throat> 
I, this is one of my favorite things. It's one of my favorite things. It's just like tactile and fun and quality, but without being cheeky uh, or trying to do too much. It does exactly as much as it needs to to be like elegant in that in that way that only something it, it, it's elegant in that way that something needs to have been used and get a little dirty to to actually be elegant. It's so elegant that its name is the TR9. Tool Roll 9. <laughs> it, it's $15. I there are not very many made in the United States products that aren't produce that cost $15. Mm -mm. I mean, made in the USA means a buku bucks, but this is affordable even for a tool roll. Yeah. And, and not only is it a tool roll, it's a well-crafted tool, tool roll using good materials that works as intended if you wanted to make your own, you couldn't do it for $15. I'm just enamored by this thing. Yeah. I'm enamored by this thing. And and actually, Harry Epstein has a number of made in the USA tool rolls this on their website. Made especially for Epstein's by Leatherworks. There you go. So there's a company called Leatherworks that makes these. I mean, it's not complicated. It's a simple machine. But it just works so well. And I love it. That's what you want. I love it. I was playing with it this week. And I was like, this thing is just great. What a, this is just the best $15 I've ever spent. I mean, if you went to Home Depot, you could buy something similar to this for probably 20 bucks that was made in China and is not going to last as long and is not going to look as good doing what it does. No. It might work. It's going to be like by Cobold or something. It's Lowe's. Okay. And it's going to, you know, fine. Made in China, that's fine. It's not a bad thing. But one of the things, one of the reasons that we buy this offshore stuff is because it's cheaper. It's not cheaper. This is 15 bucks. Yeah, not, not in this specific example. Now, I will say when I ordered this, it took about two weeks to get to me, I think, because they... They hitch it to a donkey, and the donkey only passes by Eugene once every six months. It rides on the Pony Express. Yeah, that's right. Uh, with that said, it's pretty neat. There will be a link to this in the show notes. Just do me a favor. Order one, get it, put some shit in it, and tell me how much you love it. That's what I'd like you to do. And if you don't like it, you can send it to Everett. He'll cover postage. Uh, probably not. Uh, but maybe <laughs> you 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 can DM us, Andrew. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. Well, I I guess in that case, I'll just thank all you people at home for tuning in to this episode of Forty and Twenty, the Watch Clicker podcast. Do me a favor. You can go to our website, which is watchclicker.com. That's a place on the internet with pictures and links and other internety things, and it's where we post every episode of this podcast but also reviews and articles on a you know, more than weekly basis. Uh, if you want to check us out on social media, you can do that at 40 and 20 underscore watch clicker or at watch clicker on Instagram. 
If you want to support us, and oh boy, we hope you do, you can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's where we get the money that we need to keep the wheels on this bus a turning. Uh, it, it's how we afford things like hardware and software and microphones and tools. <laughs> and don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.